What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Perfectly Blended Podcast. On today's episode, we get to talk about something super fun. Today is not an interview, so we get to talk to you guys about super... <laughs> Christy's throwing out the beaver teeth. <laughs> if, you're not, if you're listening and not watching, that was fun. Okay. So anyway, so today's episode, we get to talk about exceptional marriages, and that's coming up. Right now. Thank you so much for joining us on the Perfectly Blended Podcast. This podcast is for blended families, for couples that want to strengthen their marriage and want a brighter future. Perfectly Blended exists to break the stigma of divorce, drop the shame and guilt holding you back, and equip marriages to thrive instead of just survive. We believe all that is possible in this life is based on the power of Jesus Christ and his ability to restore us fully. Let's dive in. What is up, everybody? Welcome to today's show. We have an amazing show for you today. At least yeah, we, we do. think it's going to be amazing. Because it's not an interview. It's us. It's us, which makes it the most amazing <laughs> thing of our show. We hope. I don't know. All right. So tonight we're going to talk about know. extraordinary marriages, right? Extraordinary is pretty... Exceptional. Well, exceptional. Yeah. Those are strong words, right? Those are like bold claims to marriage. But, you know, there is some ways. There's some ways that you can really put forth a ton of energy into your marriage and really have some guaranteed results. So we want to talk about the three things you should stop doing. And then the very last thing, you're going to want to stay to the end for that. You're going to want to watch because we're going to tell you the one thing you should start doing. Okay. But before we jump into that, we want to let you know that if you're watching right now, if you watched on September 6th of 2022 or before November 5th, you can go on right now, joshandchristy.com and register for our Perfectly Blended event. If you're in Michigan or near Michigan, uh, we are going to be in the Flint area. This is where we're going to be having it. It's going to be awesome. It's a whole day event. There's, we have guest speakers. It's going to be a blast. We have a grand prize worth 750 bucks. It's going to be fun. It is. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I want to encourage you guys to go there, joshandchristy.com, and get signed up if you haven't already done so. Be part of the cool kids. Okay, so how to have an exceptional marriage. Do you have anything before we kind of dive into this? Anything on your beautiful mind? Mm-mm. No, just our event, and you already said it. Okay. Other than that, you're just ready to just choo-choo. Let's get her going. That's huh? the only thing I would have to hey, say. Hey, beep, beep. Here we come, no. people. Okay, so oh, here we go. my grandma had... Okay, Sunday, yesterday was Josh's birthday, and it turned out to be a not-so-exceptional day. So on Sunday, though, we had two days planned. So Sunday, we had planned the cake and ice cream where everybody comes over, my grandma, my uncles, and his parents, and we, you know, sing happy birthday and celebrate him. And then on Monday, his actual birthday, we were just going to go out to dinner, just us and our kids. So Sunday, everybody comes over. My grandma comes over. She's 87. And, uh, she goes to leave and she just said, you know, I'm just not feeling well. I feel like, you know, I need to burp or I feel like I'm going to throw up. And she got home and then she called my uncle and said, you know, she wasn't feeling well. So my uncle drove over to her house anyway, took her to the hospital. Long story short, Monday, we were at the hospital with my grandma. And while we were at the hospital, our youngest texted us and said that our chihuahua had a seizure. So we were dealing with that too. But my grandma had a hiatal hernia that has been growing for decades, apparently, in her. The, doc- the doctors her. told my uncle that maybe 40 years. For- that's a it's long been growing. hernia growing. But anyway, it's huge. And it uh, was pushing up 
all of her organs, cutting off her lungs and putting pressure on her heart. It eventually got so big she could eat nothing. She couldn't even drink water and she'd start throwing up. So she had surgery today. It was a great success. She's back in her room now. Out of Yeah, out of post-op. My uncle's up there now, uh, you know, tending to her. He's been with her all day. And uh, it's been, it was good to hear. It was good to hear that the surgery went so well and she's going to feel so much better. And our dog, you know, Josh took her to the vet today. She's going to be fine. She's on antibiotics. and Yeah, she had an open wound. So, I mean, Christy kind of missed talking about that. And that yesterday morning we woke up to our dog bleeding. And so, of course, it was was Labor Day and we couldn't take her to the vet. So And it was his birthday. Yeah, so anyway, that's okay, right? I turned 47 and I had a pity party for part of the day and then... I turned into an adult and God and I had a discussion and he won. And so the rest of the day was really good. Yeah. We really, just had a lot really, going on. We had a lot going on. We That's okay. That's a life. lot going on. I have many other days of the year that I get celebrated like it's my birthday. So I, shame on me for trying to pout yesterday is all I have to say. So, Aww, yeah. Okay, that's nice. Many other days of the year, I'm very spoiled. My wife spoils me a lot. So, and muscles my family and my church, my friends and everybody does. So, uh, I learned a lot yesterday about myself and, it doesn't. T- I don't need a day of my life to celebrate to make it special. If things don't go my way, I need to get mad about it. Like, who am I? Like, who do you I think to- I am? Number one and number oh. two. It's a good lesson for me. It's a good lesson to me that all these things happening around in life is happening for me, not to me. And that's my opportunity to grow from that. So yesterday was one of my growth birthdays. Okay, I learned how to grow through it. And well, and he never used to be that way. I've just rubbed off on him. What's so. that? You started pouting that it, things weren't going your way. So your queen has, your tiara has fallen onto my head, <laughs> and mine was tipped yesterday. No, but so. it, it was a lot. It was a lot yesterday. But it was just today we got good news. My grandma's surgery went well. We took Nala to the vet. Yep. And lots uh, of victories. Yeah. So yeah, it was a good day. So we want to talk about marriage. Like, there you go. You got all kinds of personal stuff. You want our social security number? Stay tuned. Yes. We'll give it all. Me. There you go. You got all kinds of personal stuff about us, which is fun, right? You got to know a little bit about us. So how to have an exceptional marriage, right? Exceptional marriages are hard to have, which means there's things we need to stop doing and then there's things that we need to start doing. So the very first thing is right there is you need to stop comparing. Stop comparing. And that is really hard to do in in this in this day and age in the society. It hasn't been for me so much now in our marriage but when i was married the first time and i would see people that seemed to have like this thriving marriage and in this house and this great family i was constantly comparing because you know i was miserable in my life and uh it's it was very difficult to do and god doesn't want us to compare no matter where we are at in our lives god doesn't want us comparing our journey to someone else's journey he wants us taking care of the things that he's given to us and he will bless us accordingly you know god giveth and god taketh taketh away everything goes through him and it can be hard to do that. Like if you see a couple that's been married for 40 years and they're building this magnificent house and they have, or they've been together for 10 years and they're building this magnificent house and they have beautiful children and everything seems all amazing on the outside. You're the only one that knows your own struggles, you know, in your marriage. And they have struggles too, no matter what Facebook shows or social media shows, they have struggles too. And uh, be appreciative of the biggest way to stop comparing your marriage to someone else's 
marriage or someone else's success, quote unquote, uh, is to start being thankful and being appreciative of the things that you do have and what God has blessed you with and what does go well in your marriage and the awesome things that you guys have together. So Yeah, I've realized over the years, like it's super easy for us, to, like if we're struggling in something in our marriage, we see other th marriages that are thriving in that and we think to ourselves, I want my marriage to be yeah. like that person's marriage, right? This whole highlight real thing. And what we don't realize is maybe that marriage is struggling in every other area and that area just happens to be something they're good at. And that's super dangerous because then we start to kind of model ourselves or wish that we could model ourselves after these specific people. And that's an unfair way to do things, right? So God tells us in his word, a specific way to live our lives. And it's never to model what everybody else is doing because we don't know what it is. It's to model him. Yeah, and so good. God's word really tells us exactly how to live in all aspects of our lives. And we need to start treating our marriage as such, right? So taking like taking responsibility, personal responsibility for things in your marriage, knowing that what happens in your marriage needs to stay behind closed doors. You know, a lot of these things that we just, we seem to kind of just let loose or we see outside influences and stuff, you know, like, oh girl, you know, let me talk to you about my marriage because it looks like yours is working. First off, other people aren't going to gossip about their own marriage and about how broken it is if you are doting on them about how successful it is, right? So they're not going to start releasing all of these bad things that are going on. So the comparison model is extremely dangerous, extremely dangerous. First off, you're asking yourself to be set up for, uh, for failure because mm -hmm. success doesn't come from modeling other people's marriages. It's, it comes from modeling the Word of God. And we have to make sure that we're doing the things right the way that God tells us to do it, not the way that the world tells us that it's supposed to look like. Well, and the thing about it is, too, is that uh, what works for you may not work for someone else. Mm -hmm. And you, the, a lot of that comes to when we start comparing or we start judging so it's usually one or two things. We look at a marriage and we start judging the things that they do in their marriage to try to make ourselves feel better if you're being honest True. with yourself or you start comparing and making yourself feel negative. And both are bad because if you're judging the marriage, there is an insecurity inside of you. That's something that I've been convicted about lately when you we all have judging thoughts and none of us like to talk about it because we fear that people will look at us differently. You know, so when someone's doing something, you know, even on an individual level, I may look at them and judge them like, Ugh, I can't believe they parent that way or I can't believe, you know, they let their husband do that or they do that to their husband type of thing. But I have to get caught in that. And God is really convicting me to say, who, who am I to judge that person? Like, how is that affecting me? It isn't. And that's none of my business mm. and how they are doing that doesn't affect me in my life. So it goes both ways when it comes to comparison. Like you may be judging them and when you judge them, you're comparing it to you to make yourself feel better so and, or you're comparing to make yourself feel worse. And both are bad. Both are bad. Like you, if you just internally focus on how, what you need to do to be a better spouse with your marriage and don't let others affect you, other judgments or your judgment on someone else, you it will go so much farther, so much farther. I mean, that seriously is the secret sauce to marriage, you know, and it's funny because, you know, once we understand like how God has designed us to be, right? We talk about the eight Beatitudes a lot because, you know, that's where the eight, that's where the 12 steps came from, right? And recovery, it's something that's been a big part of Christy and I. And we, we take and we apply all of this to our marriage and how do we do that? Well, we apply it to ourselves and then that we apply that to our marriage. And so when we start comparing ourselves, like Christy's saying, we kind of leave ourselves out of it. We start mm -hmm. saying, I need to compare Christy to this. 
not compare me to this. And yeah. that's super dangerous, right? We're leaving out the thing that's really, really important. And that's how do I change? How do I impact and influence what's going on? And instead we're looking at like all the things that need to be fixed on the outside of us instead of the things that need to be changed on the inside of us. Mm -hmm. Comparison's dangerous. Super Very. dangerous, right? So that's Very. the first thing you need to stop doing is you need to stop comparing. And the second thing, second thing you need to stop doing is you need to stop demanding. Yeah, and... <laughs> Demand. And it's this is a slippery slope, okay? I'm going to use the Keurig as an example. Oh, man. Because... Th this is fighting words here, people. <laughs> about to fight on the air right now. Here it goes. So... It's a slippery slope because if you're if you take do things for your spouse or your spouse does things for you, it can be all of a sudden you turn into not in an unhealthy way. It's an expectation like you're not in an unhealthy way expecting them to do it. It should you just wake up and expect it to be there because they've always done it. Right. So then all of a sudden you're like, OK, so Josh filled the Keurig for me every day for years without fail years i never woke up to an empty keurig pot and one day i got convicted which i still believe is a lesson that god's teaching me okay because one day i got convicted you know every and i'm like man every single morning and i've never noticed it before or thought about it i get up and i can fill my coffee and empty the keurig basically because i do two big cups in my big jug and leave a it empty of coffee i leave it empty and i leave for the day right and one day it had been years and I'm just like, I have never once, shame on me. I have never once thought to refill this Keurig for Josh. I'm like, this will actually be kind of nice. Like I'm going to refill it for him. So it's full when he comes out, when he gets done, he'll refill it for me. And then it'll kind of be a cycle. And for me, it's like different. If it's already full before you make your coffee, it's awesome. If you have to refill it after you've already got your coffee, it's no big deal. Okay. And so I refill it for him one time and it sent us into a spiral. Uh, it sent of, you into a spiral. <laughs> of, oh my gosh. He like was, he stopped, stopped filling. Eating. He stopped filling the Keurig for me. Like I got up repeatedly mornings and I'm just like, it's empty. What the crap? It's empty. <laughs> and I'm like, I started doing this nice thing for him and he is not refilling the Keurig. Backfired. Yeah. It backfired. So I texted him one day and I was like, listen, this isn't the way it works, okay? Like, I'm supposed to fill it for you, and you're supposed to fill it for me. It's like, I've done this nice thing for you, and you just completely just went off the grid with, like, not refilling. And he's like, let's just go back to the way it was. And I'm like, that's not th that's not even because, what I... Okay, because let's be honest, right? So the whole Keurig thing ended up backfiring on me because I just filled it up every morning. Like, that was just my thing that I did, right? It was cool. And now it's like I have this pressure of I have to remember to fill it. I have to now remember to, and if I don't, it's like I'm not this doting husband, <laughs> right? I'm not this caring, loving, you know, tiara placing husband. And so but I'm that's like, a demand, and then I right? forgot, and it is a demand, and then I forgot, and then I would forget, and that's just not an But he never did until I filled it for him. Didn't have to. Like, it was natural. I always did it first because so, I needed it. God's teaching me a lesson, though, <laughs> because I seriously am still getting convicted about this. Like, how many years did he fill it for me? And then had to refill it for himself and never said a word. Shut up, Stacey. <laughs> She's like, sounds re very reasonable. It Christy. is reasonable. Don't. But 
God's still Don't teaching me a lesson, though, by saying, how many years did you fill it for me and then fill it for yourself? And you never said a word. Yeah. And now no. I fill it for you and it threw you off your morning routine. Mm-hmm. You're, uh, you know, honestly forgetting. And I'm mad about it. You know, like, how could I do it for years and not say anything to him? No, I couldn't even do it for a week. <laughs> so, I mean, it's seriously. So, it's, <laughs> so it's like. Stop demanding things like he did that for me out of the kindness of his heart. And I could return the favor. He does many, 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 many other things for me besides just filling the Keurig, you know, and I turned into like this brat about it. And I I feel like I'm getting convicted by God about it, too, because and this doesn't mean to stop. No, no, no. So, no, trust me, I understand that. <laughs> I'm wise enough to know better, okay? So, but it it is like turning me on to you know, how how many demands do we put on Jesus? You know, and mm. and Jesus, God sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, and that's all he should have to do. So good. That's all he should have had to do. Yeah. And we should live the rest of our lives for him, and he did the ultimate thing. He did the ultimate else sacrifice Mm -hmm. and we still like expect him to cure our diseases or save this or give us the promotion and do all of these things and he's already died on the cross like we believe in him we're gonna go to heaven like there nothing else should matter and i know that's very large but that's how we are to love our spouse is sacrificially and and my husband did this thing for me for years and yes we laugh about it now and it is kind of a twinge of like in there but it is like i should be able to do it for him now for years and not say a word and i couldn't and god is really convicting me about that like he now some of part of me my human fleshly part is he created this monster oh here we go he worked very hard for three or four years breaking down all my independent self-sustaining walls to allow me to come in him to come in and for him to take care of me and open doors for me you know and all these things so he created it that's me. Like. This is the thing, right? When it comes <laughs> to demanding, right? This is the thing when it comes to demanding. Is Christy's never been a demanding person on me, though. No. So I've always saw her in the light of she deserves so much more than what the world has ever given her. And so I want to make sure that she has everything that her heart desires, right? And I mean everything that I'm capable of doing as a husband, like the little things, because the little things matter. And I know yeah. that. I know that they matter. And so, you know, it, it's I want to make sure that I'm able. And I think I look at that as, you know, if we could take any lesson away from stop demanding is that if we want to start making things in our relationship and our marriage thrive to a certain degree or even higher than what it is and be exceptional, we need to stop demanding things out of our spouse and just start delivering, right? Just yeah. start delivering, just start delivering and stop being like, okay, I'm not going to have any expectations. I have nothing coming back, right? I, I'm not expecting anything to come back. I just want to serve in a, in a non-demanding way to my spouse every day. Well, in the last month, you have forgot to fill the Keurig like one time. And it was like last week or something like she that. Remembers the day. And I got up and I noticed that it wasn't full. And I am like, he didn't fill it, but that's okay. I'm not going to be mad about it. And I wasn't. But then on top of that, I'm like, and I felt really good about it. I'm like, nope, I'm just going to fill it up. And then the next level is, and you won't say anything. Like that's you're good. not going to tell him, right? Yeah. Well, I told him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told him like the next day. I needed a he reminder. mentioned something about the Keurig, and I'm like, "Yeah, you didn't fill it up yesterday." I'm like, "Oh, 
oh, I failed. I failed. So yeah, God's going to have to give me another test because I failed that one. Because I did fill it and I wasn't, I had a good heart so about funny. it. But my next level about it was you weren't to say anything. And that is the biggest thing, if you know me, is my mouth. <laughs> the biggest thing of you is your mouth. Yeah. yeah. If I think it, I sayeth it. It literally comes right out. Yeah. As one thinketh, be like, one sayeth. You, you just said this. She'd be like, I don't even remember saying that. <laughs> it's like she didn't even think it. Her mouth thinks it. And yeah. It just, it just comes out. So God and I are working on that. So number one is stop comparing. Number two is stop demanding, right? Stop yeah. Demanding. What do you demand out of me? Do you demand anything? No, but I have realized though, like the respect thing, when I feel like I'm not getting any enough respect from you about something, I feel like I want to like lightly nudge you. You get bratty. Yeah. Yeah. With my brattiness, mm -hmm. which is unfair. And I need to like woos out myself with that. You know, it's, it's. But I consider that fair. I know, but I don't, I need, I need to allow God to work on your heart on things like that and not allow Josh to work on you on that. You know, it's, I, I, it's, I'm not talking about disrespect. I'm talking no, about, know. yeah, I'm talking about going kind of next level with things like, cause you're very, very good at that. Like you're, you're very good at like being complimentary to me, like hardcore, like always telling me wonderful things about me, you know, which is probably like, she's probably handing me ribbons all the time, to be honest with you. I probably suck at a lot of things and she's just constantly making me feel good. Like I'm Superman. Participation trophies. Yeah. Like I got tons of participation, participation trophies. I'm untrue. thinking I'm winning races when in all reality, I'm not, That's untrue. but, um, you're very good about, uh, making sure that I feel respected until you're not. And then I feel like it's my job to like demand that from you. Oh, gotcha. And I, and that's not right. Right. So it's easy for me to get caught up in that loop too. And I have to play the mind game and say, pray to God and be like, okay, give me patience with this. And you always come back. I mean, it's, well, the one thing we have to understand is that we're, we're married to humans, you know, and like humans are humans and we're not going to be perfect all of the time. And our responses, you know, of what we're, our expectations on the response from our spouse is almost always off in all reality. And so, you know, putting those demands on our spouse is just super. Well, I'm, I'm going to use yesterday as an example. So yesterday I knew he was upset. Okay. He was short tempered the first half of the day. He was short with me. Driving sharp, like a maniac. Driving like a maniac. He was sharp tongued. And instead of allowing that to make me angry, I I actually felt bad, you know, and I really was. I kept telling him because I knew me getting angry and being like, oh, my gosh, like my grandma's in the hospital, like all these things. It's not going to make him feel any better. And so I wanted to be like, I am really sorry. Like, I felt really bad, you know, and he was like, "I, you don't need to apologize. And I'm like, I know, but I still feel bad. Of course, all of this is happening on the day that we had these special plans to go out to dinner and all of these things. And it does suck, you know. Last year, his birthday kind of fell through. I mean, we ended up being able to go out to dinner, but it was just awful service. It was awful. It turned don't out. Don't go to the Blind Fish and Lapeer. It's garbage. Babe. Don't care. They should have yeah. better food. Anyway. So this was going to be our redeeming year. Like, we're redeeming it this year. And then we couldn't for circumstances out of our control. And then he did come back around. See? And I think that is good example of allowing God to work on the spouse. Like mm -hmm. me praying internally, like, Lord, you know, I feel really bad. Help his heart. Help this. Help me, you know, be the proper spouse to him during this time. God worked it out, you know, with him. And then he came back later midday and said, hey, I'm really sorry. I prayed and I'm better. And yeah. All these things, but we have to yeah. allow God. God gets vengeance. And it even says in the Bible, if you get vengeance, then what do I need to get vengeance for? It doesn't say it exactly like that, but it says that in the Bible, you need to allow God to give the vengeance. Don't worry about the man that uh, goes after his own, 
own a reward, he's got his reward. I'll reward you mm-hmm. that are allowing me to reward you. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to allow God to do. Because if we try to do it ourselves, then he'll be like, fine. Well, and I know that you love me because you don't let people act like that to you. <laughs> As you, like yesterday if you know her you know that's true especially men and so i know that she loves me and i'm not stupid right i am getting the full feedback when i'm dishing it out and i know that i'm acting like a spoiled baby and uh she lets me gracefully come back and uh, i apologize because that's you know i said i'm sorry that's it was the right thing to do but i she didn't put a demand on me you know she didn't and she allowed the day to play out like it was and yeah. So that's two examples. One, demanding. I am demanding. I need to stop demanding him about the Keurig. It's hard for me to even say that because I really want him to fill it. Okay. <laughs> and I really try. <laughs> Number two is the times that he was having, you know, a little short tempered day, which is rare for him to not demand that he come around when I expect him to come around, mm-hmm. to come around when God, you know, nudges him to come around. Yeah. So it's good. It is good. Okay, so that's the first two. Number three, right? The third thing you need to stop doing, stop doing, is you need to stop escaping. Stop escaping. Yeah, and I I think this is two, two th- for me it means two things. And, and I'll let him talk about the one, hopefully it's the one that he wanted to talk about because a lot of people, like if they are struggling in their relationship or there's some unmet expectations or on someone's unhappy and they don't want to have the conversation, they'll escape by playing on their phone or doing this or doing that. But my thing is also is stop escaping when you two are busy. So a lot, what has happened in our relationship is we are, we are so busy. God has slowed us down because of my, my foot surgery. But what has happened with my slowdown is, uh, I have to sit at home, put my foot up, my dog is snoring hardcore. I don't know if they could hear it or not, but it's very loud. <laughs> uh, but I have to sit down. I have to put my foot up a lot because it's just not going well. It's not healing right. It's not doing all of these things. But what has happened while I am sitting there doing my putting my foot up is I've really gotten until recently. I mean, just a few days ago, I was really ho-hum about it. And so to escape the ho-hum feeling, I was just playing on my phone a lot. I was just turning on movie after movie after movie because I can get lost in movies. As soon as commercials come on, my brain comes back on. So I like movies because movies just keep going. And now I found that movies weren't even keeping my attention. So I'll have a movie going and be playing on my (laughs) phone at the same time to try to escape being still the monotony. Yeah. And, and learning the lesson that God has wanted me to learn. So that's the thing too, in your marriage is stop. Like maybe you guys have slowed down. Maybe you guys do need to spend just quiet time, just sitting there, not on your phones. Like, intentional. couldn't you like, I, I, I can't even tell you the last time that Josh and I, let's like, let's not turn the TV on. Let's not get on our phones and let's just sit here on the couch and just talk to one another. Mm-mm. I can't tell you the last time. We have to time. leave the house to do that. Yeah. And so we have to get in our marriages, start getting, I mean, to me, that's a form of escape. You it sit is. down, you're in the same room. Yes. But our, when's the last time you've spent intentional time together? Like sitting in the room, being on your phones or watching TV is not intentional time. 
And that's escaping. That's escaping your long day at work. It it's escaping your responsibilities of having to think about mm -hmm. an event coming up or your bills that you have to pay or your kids that aren't listening. And so by escaping your life, you're escaping your marriage. And so you, you need to come together because you're best friends and your partner's in it. And you need to... I'm putting that on our to-do list. We're doing that. It's there. I think it's important that we understand that it's when you're escaping, it's easy to be strangers passing each other in the night. Yeah. It's being friend being just friends at home and not really, you know, paying attention and not being intentional about things. You have to we have got to quit escaping. Escaping can look really, really good though. It can be look like work. Yeah. It could look like serving at church. Yeah. It could look like all these wonderful things, right? Hobbies, like, oh no, this is my relaxation time. No. No, it, it, it is an escape. We have to be real with ourselves and say, are we just escaping things? Are we feeling deserved in our, you know, the things that we're doing and we're owed this time and start getting into a selfish mode? Or are we like, no, you know, we need to be intentional with the time with our, our marriage and our, our loved ones, you know, our spouse and being intentional with that and stop trying to escape and run away from the things that need to happen, the hard conversations. It's so easy to run away from conversations that you know that need to be had when you just need to have them and get beyond them and stop escaping. Well, and I think church is a really prime example because you have to be confident in yourself and in your marriage to have that conversation. So a lot of people may go to the church and say, hey, if they run Awana and they run um, and they're constantly serving on the welcome team and they're doing all these things. And they go and they're like, hey, we need to step away for a little bit. First off, the church is nosy because they want to be there for you. I'm not saying that in a negative sense. They want to make sure you're okay. And they want to make sure like you're not going to leave the church. You're going to seclude yourself and all these things. But they're, so if you say like, no, we need to step away because we want to work on us. Uh, some people in the church or some churches will be like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> right? What's like, wrong? Do you need the counseling? Do, should you be in leadership right now if you're having problems in your marriage? Yeah, you know, else. so you have to be confident to say, no, we just are giving, 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 giving. We don't want to get into burnout. Our marriage has gotten put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. We need two or three weeks to where we can recenter ourselves, which is what is important. God, marriage, everything else. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can come back. And you have to be confident when you're stating that to the church though, and not allow them to make you feel like something's wrong with you doing that or should be much more wrong in order for you to do that. Like this yep. is healthy maintenance. Like we're doing marriage maintenance and we can't wait for us to get to the point where we're sleeping in separate bedrooms or we're passing ships in the night or we're bitterness to each other to be like, oh, we got to step away, burn out. And then we're arguing the whole time to get mm -hmm. back together in order to make our marriage work. Like you can do marriage maintenance and be okay. Like that doesn't have to be explained to anybody else or be okay with everybody else. Yeah, tough. It, it, it it's just, tough in church though because they may take you out of leadership and stuff if they feel like you can apply the same concept though to family, to friends, yeah, to everybody. True. You can you can apply the same concept of, you know, we have to learn how to stop escaping, and we can yeah, make true. it look super good. Like yeah. you take the kids to this practice, I take the kids over here to this. Like no, we're all gonna go together. Like it's easy to lo get lost. Up phones are a real problem today. Like they are just a problem. It's a problem in our marriage. It's a problem I would say in most people's marriage. It's easy to escape. I've earned it. I deserve it. And it's like, we haven't earned or deserved anything until we've poured into our marriage first. 
you know, and let's be honest with ourselves. You know, are we doing these things? Are we making sure this is good? And then we want to sit and play on our phones for a while. Like, let's do that. Like, but let's be intentional about this first. Or first. set intentional time. Like you two can play on your phones, not on Tuesdays between seven and eight, because that's for us, mm -hmm. Josh and Christy, for to watch Perfectly Blended. But <laughs> if you set time uh, during the week to say, okay, from eight to nine, we're, we can sit and we can play on TikTok or play a game on our phone or scroll Facebook or whatever we want to do. But that's our set aside time yeah. to do that. And then all other time is off limits. It's easier that way to do. For sure. So as a recap for the three stops, right? Stop comparing, stop demanding, and stop escaping, which is going to lead us to our final point, which is something that you should start doing, right? The thing you should start doing. You need to start going above the standard, going above the standard. Yeah, and I would say blissfully that I feel like Josh and I's marriage is above the standard of most others uh, that we know. Because we do a lot together. We're intentional. We're intentional about it. Uh, you know, we usually, you know, we like to go by the 80-20 rule. So 80% of the time, if you're doing it, 20% of the time you're not. That's normal living. Mm -hmm. So, like, we do the grocery shopping together. And we go do take the dogs to the vet together if we can, if it's not during the day, you know, when I'm at work. But we like to do the things together. We like to go to family functions together. One doesn't go if the other one doesn't go. And those are things that we set up. I mean, that's something that we didn't talk about. We haven't talked about before, but it was like we made an agreement at the beginning of our relationship. Like if there's a family function, if one of us doesn't feel like going and we do sit down and we have a healthy conversation about it and it's decided that we aren't going to go, neither one of us goes. And we want to make sure the other person isn't just throwing a fit like, nope, I'm not going to go type of thing, yeah. which has never been our relationship. But uh, if it's decided together, like, no, I really can't go. And it's usually on me. Like if I, you know, have a panic attack or anxiety or something like that, which has only happened one time. Uh to say I just really can't go, then he doesn't go. And we've made that. They don't desert you. Yeah. We've made that to uh, another standard that's in our relationship. There's a lot of standards that we have in our relationship that really work for our marriage and has really made our bond stronger. It's not to say that we haven't had some battles that we've had to go through with outsiders and together, but um, it's really made our marriage strong it is and she's talking our standards are above the standard you know we've, yeah thank you we've intentionally done that you know one of the things that we do that most people that we've talked to a lot of people don't a lot 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 of people don't do is we go to bed at the same time now christy gets up earlier than i do well she used to well she does still probably a more average earlier it's gonna than start I do. again because he's had to get up and take me to work because yeah, of my foot but i still don't go to bed at the same time same, I don't go to sleep the same time she does, but we go to bed together, right? Mm -hmm. And the compromise in that is I'll go into the bed with you uh, if I can watch television, you know, for the last hour or whatever as, you know, while you're sleeping and she has, has agreed to that. And that's a compromise that we made so we don't have to compromise me not going to bed together because us going to bed together is important for us. It has. It's, yeah. it's a unity thing with us and our marriage and most people don't do that. I which, didn't in my last marriage. No, I mean, me neither. 
No, me neither. I didn't care to. I didn't right. want to. I had no desire to. But that's my point, right? So small things, making sure that you have shared hobbies, things that you like to do together, things that you're being intentional about, you know, and saying, you know, I, I, I don't want the standard to be just a normal marriage, right? It's not this whole, if you watch the majority of television programs, uh, you know, that they talk about marriage, like uh, everybody loves Raymond. If you ever seen that TV show, it's more like they just kind of pick on each other and make fun of each other. And it's like, that's kind of the standard. The standard is what gets people into the, the, the issues that cause divorce. Complacency. And complacency, right. And we have to start doing things that are going to cause us to live above the standard. So you have to ask yourself, what are you doing in your marriage currently to live above the standard? What are you doing differently than what other people are willing to do? Yeah, like picking on each other at each mm -hmm. other's expense is is just Dangerous. a huge turnoff to me. Like I don't, yeah. I I don't understand. It's not funny. It's not funny to me. Like when couples start doing that around me, I'm just like, oh. Or talking about how other of the opposite sex sex looks. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's a lot of marriages though don't like that. But it's a lot Dangerous. of marriages that we do know, they pick at each other, like make fun of each other, you know, to be funny. And I'm just like, mm, I don't think I don't like that. I don't know. That's just to me, it's just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at the at the trust. And and if it works for your marriage, that's fine. But it, no, it's not. I don't know. I don't think I think that's just living the standard or below the standard. Living above the standard is this. <clears throat> we have mostly boys. Right. And mostly boys like to talk about girls. Right. And I never have ever one time ever engaged in a conversation with them about how another female looks. And I've intentionally done that. Right. That is not something that's a good standard for my marriage. It's not good camaraderie with my kids. It's living above a standard in my marriage. I'm letting my boys know that I love and I only have eyes for my wife and that that is not something that I engage in. And that's something that uh, purposely is intentional, you know, for us to live above a standard, you know, and that's something that a lot of people think is probably small or minute, and it's not. Those are the little things that make up above the standard of living. Yeah, we've been you know? around a couple before, and it was so uncomfortable because the guy kept talking about how other women looked, you know, we were out. And uh, summertime, you know, people were wearing bathing suits and stuff. And uh, the woman started talking about how their men looked. And it's just weird because I'm just like, and it's weird because our codependency too, like we didn't want yeah. to make them feel bad. So then it was like, please don't it. Like they weren't like, hey, Christy, what do you think about this guy? Or hey, Josh, they weren't doing that. Thank God. Because I would be like, I don't do that. You know, but I was just like, please don't, because I don't want you to make them feel bad about what they're doing, which technically we probably should have sat down and been like, hey, you guys, like we're uncomfortable with that. You know, that's what friends do. We talk about that all the time and we just didn't. Shame we just, them. we just um, ignored it, you know, and, and we're super uncomfortable the whole time. And then when we left, we're like, we're never doing that again. That was super uncomfortable. It is because you don't want also <laughs> to be encouraging other married couples to be checking out other people, you know, either. No. So it was, uh, it was just, I don't know. That's the standard. Yeah. That's yeah. the standard. And we have to be willing to live above the standard. Yeah. Right. Live above. Thanks the for bringing it back, babe. That's right. So as review real quick, before we shut this down. Okay. The four things, the three stops, the one start. The first stop is stop complaining. Stop demanding. Stop escaping. 
Okay. And then the fourth thing is the thing you need to start doing today is start living above the standard. You have to choose to live above the standard of what the world says for marriage. You want exceptional marriage. You have to start living accordingly. And that's living above the standard. Mm -hmm. you have I love else? that. Before we shut it down? No, I think I've said quite a lot. Quite yeah. a lot. Does your, do you have cotton mouth? No. Your dry mouth? No. Mm -mm. You're good. Okay. All right. We're good. I talk all the time. <clears throat> yeah. Which is good. Women that talk twice as many words a day as the guy does. So. I would challenge that to say like three times probably. Ooh, there we go. We want to thank everybody for being here. If you haven't had a chance yet to sign up for our perfectly blended event for blended families, it's a marriage event. It's coming up November 5th. You can go to joshandchristy.com. What's the eyes for, girl? Nothing. I can see them eyes. I'm just listening. Okay. Uh, you can go to joshandchristy.com. Get signed up. If you do it before October 1st, it's going to be free, just so you know. So go there, get signed up. And uh, that's all we have, right? Yep. That's all we have. All right. We'll see you guys next Tuesday at 7. Bye.